How would you complete that sentence? Jesus is... I'm sure that you have some different answers that you would fill in the blank. What do you think other people say? Well, I ran across uh, this video on the internet put out by a, a church, and it was trying to share what people say Jesus is. So let's take a look at that video for a few minutes and see if you can find out what people say Jesus is. Jesus is faithful. Jesus is inspiration. Jesus is my purpose to be alive. Jesus is freedom. Jesus. Jesus is my second Jesus is my strength. Jesus is Jesus is Jesus is everything. Jesus is laughter. Jesus is my confidence. Jesus is a friend. Jesus is. Jesus is peace. Jesus is Jesus an artist. Jesus is out of this world. My reality. Jesus is legit. Jesus is my restorer. Jesus is. What do you think? Were your answers anything like the answers they gave? 
Now, if you think about it, what they were trying to say is Jesus is you know, joy or, or freedom. They were all looking at or giving us words that describe Jesus from their perspective, from what they experienced. Now, in defense of the church that publishes that video, they do go on and give another video, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But as I thought through that, what it is saying is, Jesus is what you think he is. Now, if you go to their website, you will see a screen that looks like this. They have all these boxes there. In fact, they'll give you a blank box where you can type in what you think Jesus is. And so they have statements up there like, uh, Jesus is a conservative's worst nightmare. <laughs> Jesus is a Republican. Uh, Jesus is a fake. Jesus is not real. Jesus is himself. They even have some that are kind of offensive, and so I blocked them out. What it was simply doing was letting people put their thoughts out there, what they think Jesus is. And as you can imagine, there's a lot of different thoughts about who Jesus is. So who's the real Jesus? During this epiphany season, when we focus on how Jesus revealed himself, we're going to have a series of messages entitled, Seeing the Real Jesus. And today I want to show you what we see in him. It's heaven on earth. Now, we shouldn't be surprised that people have different views of Jesus because people have different views about a lot of different things, right? Like who's going to win the Super Bowl or who should be the president of the United States or who should do this or how this should be handled or whatever it might be. As many people as there are, it seems, there are that many views on everything. And that's true also about viewing Jesus. People have all sorts of different things of what they want to see in Jesus. From somebody who's maybe just a good, nice guy, who taught us how to live as good, nice people. Someone who is a, a moral philosopher. Somebody who's a good example for us to follow. Somebody who is a great leader, who made a great sacrifice of himself and to be the leader of a major religion. Some people will say, well, he is just a way for us to get to heaven. A way. That is, they'll say there are a lot of different ways to get to heaven, and Jesus is just one of them. So just as people have different views about politics or world solutions. So people seem to have their own particular view about Jesus. Even one of our presidents, Thomas Jefferson, had a view of what he thought Jesus was, and he took his scissors and he just cut out those parts of the Bible he liked, and he put it together to make his own Bible. Why so many different views of Jesus? Because it, is, it seems that people just want to make Jesus God what they want him to be, so that they are comfortable, so that their want, their needs are met. Now, one of the statements in that video we watched, uh, the voice said, Jesus is legit. My question is, is it legit to define Jesus by what you think? Let me give you an example. You know I don't like fish. I don't like the taste of fish, I don't like the looks of fish, I don't like the touch fish, I don't like the way they look, I don't like the way they look at me. Okay? 
So does my opinion of fish change what fish are? No. So should my experience with Jesus change what Jesus really is? What we need to do is to see the real Jesus. Where? How? Let's take a look at that this morning. As Jesus showed himself to those men we call his first disciples, and let's see what they saw. From John chapter 1. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. Philip had the right answer. Come and see. Come and see the real Jesus. Don't just go by your opinion of what you think it might be, what you've heard about other people or from other people. Come and see it for yourself. And notice what he directed Philip to do. He said, come and see the one that we heard about from Moses. The one we heard that was written about by the prophets. He was telling him to know that this guy is real. Let's go to the source. Let's go to God's word and find out what God says about it. Many years ago, I was working with a lady leading her to Jesus through the scriptures. And at one point in our lesson, she just stopped and she says, Pastor, I don't need any more because I have it figured out. Jesus is going to be who I want him to be. I'm going to have a God of my own choosing. She didn't want to listen to the scriptures. She didn't want to hear what God had to say about himself. She wanted to formulate God according to what her own desires, her own wants were. Jesus told us, you know the scriptures, and that's good, he said, because they testify about me. Jesus pointed us to look into the scriptures to see him. Now that video we watched, people were giving a lot of their different impressions. I don't know what the skateboard thing was about. Is Jesus a skater? I don't know. Now, in defense of the church that put that video out there, if you stayed on the internet long enough, another video would come up. And the pastor said, if you want to know the real Jesus, go into the Bible. And then he told who Jesus was and what he did. It was beautiful. The problem is, if you clicked off at the end of that video, you got a very subjective view of Jesus. Who it is I think he is, based on what I feel about him. Need to get to the scriptures right away. So let's do that. Let's see what happened when Nathaniel accepted an invitation to come and see the Jesus of the scriptures. When Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathaniel asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you 
while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. And then he added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now from that brief conversation, we can gather several things to know about who Jesus really is. Nathanael's response to Jesus first was, Rabbi. And with that he was saying, Jesus is a teacher. That's what a rabbi was. But a teacher of the truth. You see, Jesus told Nathanael all about him because he knew about him. And he told it as he saw it. Jesus is a teacher of the truth. As he said, the scriptures testify about me. He reminded us that he is a shepherd and that his sheep will listen to his voice because he calls them. On Easter Sunday in the afternoon when two of Jesus' disciples were walking away from Jerusalem in great dismay over what had happened to Jesus, so confused, Jesus came and walked alongside of them and they didn't recognize him. And he started talking to them. It says he opened the scriptures to them and showed them everything that was written about the Messiah in the law and the prophets. And later those men said, didn't our hearts burn within us when he had opened the scriptures? You see, Jesus opens the scriptures for us and shows us who he is. He's a teacher of the truth. He has told us, take that truth and go feed my lambs and feed my sheep. Go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe everything that I have taught you. Who do you listen to? Who do you look to for spiritual guidance? Where do you look for the moral values that we want in life? Do you simply follow what everyone else is doing? Do you listen to the different voices that are out there to form an opinion? Listen to Jesus, the teacher of the truth. Now, Nathanael went on and then said, You are the Son of God. He confessed that this man that was standing before him was actually God, God who is now with us. Now think about that. Why would God take on human form? Why would God come and want to live in this world? to live with us and to live for us. You see, he knew what our needs were and how they would be met. He would come and meet that very need. The Bible tells us that Jesus was born of a woman. He became flesh. Who was born under the law to redeem us from the curse of that law so that we could become sons of God. Jesus came for the very purpose of living our life. Jesus was not a sinner. Jesus was not just a, a human being. Otherwise, we would have 
one sinner taking the place of many other sinners. What good is that? But here we have the Holy Son of God coming to take our place under the laws of God for us. He's the Son of God. And with that, he had all the qualities of God. He had omniscience. That's what he showed to Nathaniel. I knew all about you long before you were coming to me. God knows all about us. Knew all about it long before we were even born. He's powerful. Jesus has all power and authority in the world. And Jesus is present everywhere. We see that also as Jesus went on and said, if you were amazed by that, you're going to see greater things. You're going to see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now what was he talking about with that? Certainly we can think of how angels did come and minister to Jesus. For example, after he had fasted for those 40 days in the wilderness and was tempted by the devil, angels then came and strengthened him. Or when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, on the night before he was crucified, when he was already beginning to feel the weight of our sin and our guilt, angels came and strengthened him so he could carry on with that mission. But Jesus was really referring to more than just that when he said, you'll see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He was recalling for Nathaniel, and hopefully for us, an Old Testament account of Jacob and a dream he had of a staircase or a ladder. Now, Jacob was the son of Isaac, and he was a twin. He deceived his father and stole from his brother the blessing of the birthright. And when his twin brother found out about it, he was furious, so mad he wanted to kill him. And so his mom said, you've got to get out of here. And so he was told to go up to the north country, a place he'd never been to, to go live with the relatives, people he'd never seen before. And so he's on his journey. You can imagine, he's confused, he's got a lot of questions, some fears, and he lays down one night to rest. And he has a dream. In that dream is this staircase going from heaven to earth to where he is, and angels are going up and down it. And he says, on the top, he saw the Lord Almighty, the sovereign Lord, the one who is over all things. And then that sovereign Lord spoke to him, and he said, don't be afraid. I'm with you, and I know where you are going, and I am going to bless all people through you. That was the messianic promise. That was the promise that the Messiah was going to come through him. It was the same words that God spoke to his father Jacob, uh, rather to Isaac, and to his grandfather Abraham. The sovereign Lord was speaking. He was going to promise to be with and to bless Jacob. And that's what Jesus is saying. You're going to see greater things than that. You're going to see the angels of God coming at my command to minister to you. You're going to see me touching your life with my presence and my power. He's the sovereign Lord. But Jesus also had another word or, or, or name for himself. You see them, the angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. 
That was an Old Testament term that was used to refer to the Savior. Jesus was telling us that he was coming to be that servant of love. That servant who came here for us to lay down his life for us, to redeem us by paying a price that we could not afford, that we could not come up with. Perfect obedience to God. That was the price that would be paid to buy us back from sin and to reconcile us to God, to patch us up like, like that staircase, to build that relationship with God by taking away the curse that we deserved for our sin. Jesus made it possible for that loving father to open his arms and welcome back all of his prodigal children so that we could be the sons and daughters of God. Come and see. Come and see who Jesus really is in the scriptures, a teacher of the truth, God who is with us, the sovereign Lord and a servant of love. Is that what you see? Sometimes it might be hard to see those things, huh? Depends what we are going through in life, right? There can be some troubles, some challenges, some hardships, some disappointments. If we say, well, well Jesus is joy and, and Jesus is everlasting love, and yet in, in, in life we don't have joy, we don't have peace, and, and maybe we have broken relationships... Is that then saying, here's what Jesus is? Sounds like to me it's saying more like this is what Jesus isn't. Don't let life's circumstances or your wants change who Jesus really is. In Jesus you have the perfect God. You have the perfect Savior the perfect Lord of your life. And he's yours. Come and see him. As you see him, then also let him be seen through you, through your faith. Jesus said, in this life you're going to have troubles, and this world is not going to give you peace. But in him... We have a perfect God, and we have a perfect Savior. So if those things are missing from life, it doesn't change who Jesus is. He's above all of life. So live your life with faith in him, looking to him, trusting him, following him. We express who he is then through our worship. The word worship comes from an old English word that means worth-ship. It's about expressing the worth, the value of something. Worshiping God isn't about what I like and what I like to hear and what I like to do and do I feel good coming out. Worship is about expressing who Jesus really is. That's why we gather to hear the word. That's why we gather with songs that are about him. Worship isn't about us. It's about him. Now, I heard on the news that 
None of you won the Powerball. Little disappointed because there were a few people who said, Pastor, if I win the Powerball this week, I will give 10% to the church. And I said, I'll take it. <laughs> How quick people are, right, to, to say, I'll do this for God when this great blessing comes. Do you give 10% now? What do you give to God in worship? I'm not talking about your dollars but your heart, your faith, your life. Whether you win the Powerball or not, express the worth of who Jesus really is through worship and through living for him. Let that be your witness. Let that be what you profess about who God is. This is what we teach. This is what I believe. This is how I live because of who Jesus really is. Let Jesus, whom you have come to see through the working of the Holy Spirit, now be seen through you, that others know the real Jesus from the Bible. You know, uh, astronomers are always looking up in the sky, trying to find the end of the universe. And I don't know, I guess it's like 100 billion light years away or something like that. It's pretty far away. Heaven, people might say, you know, that's where heaven is. It's, it's way beyond the end. It certainly isn't here, is it? Not with all the troubles that go on here. There's no heaven around here. But people might try to make a heaven around here with, with their, the way they live their life, their, you know, their hobbies, their interests. That's where I find joy. That's where I get my confidence. What happens when all that's gone? It's all temporary. Don't settle for less. Don't settle for a heaven on earth that's simply filled with what this world can give you, what you can experience from it. You've got so much more. You have heaven on earth in Jesus. Amen.